that Saturday night uh, at 9 p.m. Again, it's uh, always a very brief service. Um, it's very casual. Um, we have uh, kids who show up in their pajamas, so on the way home when they fall asleep, mom and daddy can just right into bed. So, uh, and I don't think we've had any grown-ups show up in their pajamas, but we have had kids, so uh, that'll be Saturday night. And then the following Wednesday, we will not have church on the 28th. So uh, that is the calendar. Uh, I hope you got it all. Uh, so remember that. All right, Matthew chapter 1. We have, for the last uh, two weeks, uh, looked at, uh, again, something that uh, God kind of laid on my heart. I've never had anything like that uh, that far in advance. Uh, but um, the, the, angels, the various angels that spoke uh, as part of the Christmas story. And uh, if you remember, uh, we looked at those uh, as we have uh, moved through. Uh, the first week, we looked at the angel who spoke to Zechariah, uh, announcing, letting him know uh, that he and his wife Elizabeth would have a son. And uh, then last week, we looked at, again, for my money, uh, probably one of uh, the most beautiful passages in all of Scripture. Uh, it's uh, known as Mary's Magnificent, uh, when the angel informed Mary uh, that she would have a child and he would be named Jesus and be the Savior uh, of the world. Uh, and today in the book of Matthew, we're going to look uh, at an important part uh, the other part of, uh, of this story, uh, and that is uh, Joseph. Uh, and uh, we're going to look at the angel who speaks uh, to Joseph in that story uh, this morning. And one of the interesting things that it never really dawned on me, uh, I guess I knew it, but I never thought about it. Uh, in all the New Testament, we never have anything Joseph said. Uh, I guess you know he, he just uh, he, he man of few words, you know? man of no words would be a better way uh, of describing Joseph. We don't have anything ever uh, recorded uh, that uh, Joseph said. Now, I'm not uh, suggesting he never spoke. Uh, I'm just saying it never got wrote down uh, in Scripture. Uh, and so as we turn to Joseph uh, and his part of the story now uh, again. Uh, it was uh, evident that, um, again, when, uh, when Mary was with child, that she had uh, conceived. This is a story uh, that is going uh, to come out. And in particular, in that time, uh, she was going to need somebody uh, to step up and to be uh, a, uh, a helper, uh, a protector. Uh, it was uh, a piece of the uh, Old Testament law as well. And so uh, it was uh, important uh, that uh, she had uh, a husband. In fact, uh, without a husband, uh, the law uh, would have completely, uh, the Old Testament law would have completely uh, shamed Moses and uh, uh, shamed Moses' law would have shamed Mary. Uh, got the wrong person getting shamed there up too, uh, and including uh, the penalty uh, of death for uh, being with uh, with child. Uh, and again, uh, the child is going to need uh, a father and someone to be there uh, filling uh, that role in uh, in his early years, and so God looks through uh, looks through all of mankind, and as He chose Mary, uh, He also chose Joseph, and 
uh, chose him. And again, uh, when you get to looking, you find out uh, that uh, David, uh, Joseph was also uh, part of the royal family, but here he was. Uh, again, we talked a little bit about uh, Nazareth last week, uh, just being a, a nowhere village uh, that again, had it not been for the birth of Christ, uh, had it not been for Mary and Joseph, uh, there's a good chance we would have never uh, heard of Nazareth uh, otherwise. And so uh, we uh, again have uh, this picture now uh, is kind of complete. We had we talked about Mary last week being a young uh, teenage girl uh, who was probably illiterate, uh, who was in all likelihood uh, going to uh, grow up poor, uh, have a number of children, and ultimately die uh, and be buried in a town that uh, otherwise we would have never heard from. Uh, now uh, she is uh, she is uh, going to be uh, connected with Joseph, uh, someone who is probably uh, pretty much her equal uh, when it comes to status uh, in the world. That uh, had no real uh, claim to fame. Uh, again, if it, Joseph like Nazareth. Uh, if it wasn't for the story of Jesus, there's no reason uh, that we would have ever even heard uh, of this man. Uh, he, he would have never made the pages of history uh, apart from uh, the story of Christ. And again, even with the story of Christ, uh, he is still uh, relegated to a point where we never uh, have anything recorded uh, that Joseph uh, ever actually uh Uttered. Not a single word uh, did he ever uh, have that was recorded. So that uh, kind of, with that little bit of a background, uh, going to bring us to this story now uh, of Joseph and his role uh, in this situation. I want you to, uh, this morning, if you will, uh, stick with me a while. Uh, I, I'm just kind of going to go over some of the details uh, of this story. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about uh, Joseph and, and the, the, the role he played and uh, how this would have all been seen in culture, um, in their families. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and ultimately, uh, we're going to come to a point where uh, Joseph's story uh, brings us to a, uh, an important question that you and I uh, need to consider today. Uh, one of the things we don't uh, think about too much, uh, in, uh, especially in our society today, uh, in a society that uh, by and large uh, uh, accepts uh, this kind of uh, situation uh, of, a, of a young girl with child, uh, unmarried. Uh, but in that day, uh, as uh, we've talked about again last week, this would have been a major problem. This would have been a huge dilemma uh, for everyone uh, that is involved. Uh, one of the things we don't talk about, Scripture doesn't uh, bring us any information, is how uh, the impact of this whole story uh, on the, uh, the remainder of Mary's family, on Joseph's family, uh, of friends. Uh, there, there were a lot of people uh, impacted uh, by this story. Uh, and Matthew simply uh, records these words. Matthew, uh, we had this morning a demonstration of Mary and Joseph and uh, the shepherds. Uh, we didn't have any wise men. We couldn't find anybody. Uh, yeah, we didn't have anybody qualified. Uh, you know, and, and so uh, we didn't have, the, we had that 
that played out for us. Matthew doesn't do that. Matthew just simply, this is all he says about really the birth of Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this watch. Uh, I'm in verse 18 of chapter 1 if you wanted to follow along, I'm sorry. Uh, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, uh, and that's important, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Uh, we are, in Matthew's account of this story, uh, we have in the first 17 verses of Matthew, uh, genealogy. It goes over, uh, goes back through basically the genealogy of Christ. And then in verse 18, just pow, right in the face, here it is. Here's the problem. Mary is pregnant, she is not married, and Joseph doesn't know what he's going to do. Uh, just boom, there it is. Uh, you know, uh, the, the elephant in the room, if you will. Uh, it just hits us right in the face. We're reading along, uh, you know, he's related to him, she's related to him, you know, blah, blah, blah. Boom, Mary's having a baby, and she is not married, and Joseph uh, is, is, is confused. Joseph is upset. Joseph is, uh, you know, think about all the emotions in Joseph. Joseph is probably a little bit angry. Joseph is hurt. Uh, Joseph is confused. Uh, pick an adjective. Uh, Joseph was probably there. Uh, probably had every emotion uh, that he could possibly have uh, when we are, and think about it. That's all Matthew, Matthew just kind of drops it in our lap this way. Mary is with child. Yeah, in the story, that's just how he uh, how he drops this on us. Mary is with child, and Joseph. Uh, you know, think about. It. Uh, you know, we've got just a couple of verses there uh, that give us this whole big ball of wax. Mary is with child. Joseph is considering whether to divorce her, uh, how to handle uh, this situation. Now, some of you may be asking, what do you mean divorce? Well, you have to understand uh, the culture of the time, which adds uh, to this dilemma uh, that we're talking about. Uh, we have a whole different uh, engagement marrying process uh, than, than they had uh, in biblical uh, times. Engagement uh, and marriage were completely uh, different uh, for them. Most likely, now the Bible doesn't record this, so I, I don't know this. Uh, again, it's just going by uh, the culture of the time. Most likely, Mary and Joseph's parents, and, and you know this, you, you've, you, you've watched enough TV, you've read history enough, you know how this most likely worked. Very early, you know, if you've watched Andy Griffith, you've seen this situation. Most likely, very early, uh, when Mary and Joseph were very young, their parents got together uh, and swapped some cows and stuff and, and arranged uh, their marriage. You know, they, they said, hey, you know, we want, you know, our daughter to be married to your son or vice versa. And, you know, what would it take? We want to get them hooked up. And, you know, uh, Mary and Joseph's laying there, you know, sucking their thumb and, you know, have no idea what's going on while their parents are uh, arranging their marriage. You know enough about history to know, uh, even though the Bible doesn't tell us that, that most likely uh, that was the way it happened. Typically, uh, that was uh, the arrangement. The two fathers uh, would get together uh, and they would 
engage the couple. Uh, and, you know, you, uh, you know, some of you, uh, you know, some of you ladies may think your husband's not very romantic. You know, how's that for romance? Uh, you know, the two fathers would get together uh, and engage you uh, to your future spouse. Imagine that. Uh, you know, you're in the first grade, you're engaged. You know, uh, that, but that was the way uh, that it would work. And again, it would happen uh, early in their childhood. Later on uh, in life, the couple would become a word that we don't use in the marrying process. They would become betrothed. Uh, and, and again, that's a word uh, that we don't use. And uh, usually this would happen uh, about the time uh, that the girl uh, became uh, a teenager. And the man typically uh, would have been uh, a little bit older. And, uh, and so, uh, again, betrothal uh, may sound like it, but betrothal uh, is not any, was not anything uh, like our engagement. Uh, again, it may sound that way, uh, but it wasn't. Betrothal was, uh, again, uh, a much... Uh, much higher step, much uh, deeper step, uh, they would take. And uh, when you became betrothed, uh, that actually would formalize your engagement. Uh, it, it would make your engagement uh, basically, um, it, it was the process uh, of ratifying uh, your engagement. Uh, it, it made your engagement real. Uh, basically, uh, betrothal for you and I in our culture, betrothal uh, was like marriage. Uh, you would, and usually that would happen uh, again about um, a year before they actually became husband and wife. Now. That period uh, would typically, uh, again, during that uh, during that original engagement period, at uh, at any point, you can walk away. You can say, "No, nah, I don't care how many cows my daddy swapped." You know, no, I, I'm I'm walking away uh, from this situation. She decided she didn't want to marry. Same thing with the man. The man could either one of them could call it off during that engagement uh, period. Um, for, for, for any reason. Uh, but once they became betrothed, now the rubber hits the road. Uh, once they became betrothed, it was an absolute binding contract. Um, it, it was uh, a, a, a fact. Again, uh, during this year, while they didn't live together, uh, they didn't have any kind of uh, a, a physical contact. They were still, typically, uh, they were known as husband and wife. And, and I'm, 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 I'm belaboring this point a little bit because I want you to understand how big of a problem this was for Joseph. Joseph has gotten himself, he is in a mix, in a mess. They are in the middle uh, of this uh, uh, of this betrothal process. They are husband and wife. In fact, uh, we see uh, that, uh, that that he is called uh, Mary's husband. Now, the only way that a betrothal uh, could be broken uh, was literally through a legal 
divorce. Even though, again, they weren't living together, there was no physical uh, relationship uh, between them. And that's what brings us to this point right here where I say the dilemma therein. Joseph has a problem. This is not like my girlfriend has done me wrong, to use our terminology. This is my wife that we're talking about. This is my wife that he was thinking about in verse 9. So now you have some idea of the dilemma uh, that Joseph uh, was um, was dealing with. Years ago, I used to work uh, in, in jewelry, so jewelry. And we had a store in Rockingham. And we had these uh, little tiny, they called them pre-engagement rings. You didn't know what I'm talking about? Was, I think we, we would run them on sale every now and then for $19.99. If that gives you any idea about the quality uh, of, of these little pieces of jewelry. And the store in Rockingham, when they would run them on sale, had a fellow who would come in and buy up a whole handful of them. He was pre-engaged to every girl in Richmond County, I think. And, you know, he'd come in ever so often and buy him a, uh, a handful of pre-engagement rings. He was passing them out like lollipops on the corner. He was pre-engaged to everybody. Joseph is not pre-engaged. Joseph is in a he, Joseph is in a mess. And, and, and again, uh, he knows, there's no question, Mary is pregnant. He knows beyond a shadow of a doubt, he knows he is not the father. No question. He is not the father. And again, if, if this was our culture in today's time, it wouldn't be too much of a problem for, for most folks. But in their culture, Mary was in a mess. Joseph is in a mess. And Matthew points this out when he says that Joseph is trying to decide what to do. Do I divorce her? Uh, do I do I bring her before the priest uh, and, and have her... Uh, Punished by the law and 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 and, um, and and executed for her sin. Do I bring her out and and, and accuse her uh, of, of sexual sin? Do I uh, do I put her in, in this situation um, again? He knows the baby's not his. Um, you know, he, so he knows that Mary. Uh, you know, he puts two and two together. He's not the daddy. Somebody else is. So he knows. Well, where Mary's been. He knows what uh, she's been up to. And so I ask you, if you were Joseph, how would you feel? Where where would you be? You know, think about it. Humiliated, angry, jealous. You know, you, you, you can imagine. We talked about Nazareth last week. Probably about 15,000 people. And I bet all 15,000 of them knew about Mary. You know, all of them knew. Everybody, you, you know, people haven't changed that much. You know how the gossip chain works. It was full bore. Matthew, interesting, Matthew doesn't tell us any of that, how Joseph uh, actually felt. But we have a, uh, a pretty good idea. So what did he do? What can he do? What should he do? A lot of questions come to mind here. And Joseph, as he was thinking through all those uh, options and thinking through this whole mess this whole dilemma um he decides uh, again I, I mentioned a moment ago when we read that passage he is a just man so he wants to do what is right but again I, I, you, you got to know joseph had family who was get rid of her she's no good you know you, you know what was going on 
But Joseph says he doesn't want to make an example out of her. So he, he, he's leaning towards, minded towards, leaning towards, just kind of tell her, go away. Let's, let's just, just go away. Again, the Bible says he's a just man. He can't ignore God's law. He's a just man. So he's got to follow God's law. And if he, to, to, to marry her would be to ignore the law of God. Because that's not what the law said was to happen. It would be, if Joseph marries Mary, it's harder to say than you think. If Joseph marries Mary, he is ignoring God's law. He is overlooking an offense that the law says uh, that uh, cannot be overlooked. And so Joseph is going to, if he marries her, he's choosing to ignore uh, the law of God. Uh, in fact, uh, it would be if Joseph marries Mary, well, why that's so hard for me to say. If Joseph marries Mary, what he is in effect admitting to is that he is the father. Because the law says since he is not the father, he is supposed to have her dealt with by the law. But if he marries her, he's saying, I'm the father. And I'm guilty uh, of sexual sin with Mary as well. So now he's putting himself in danger uh, uh, of the law. And so, uh, you know, if he marries her, here's what he's saying. It's my child, shame on us. You're beginning to get an idea of the mess Joseph's in. The problem Joseph has. On one shoulder... Joseph has all the law and the righteous rules of God uh, whispering in there, whispering in his ear. You got to, you got to tell everybody. You got to tell everybody what she's done. You've got to, you've got to. Uh, this sin can't go unpunished. Over here, he's got compassion and mercy whispering in his ear, saying, "Oh, come on, cut her some slack. You love her." You know, you love her. And, and again, this is not like the cartoons where you got a devil on one shoulder and an angel on one shoulder. This is an angel on both shoulders. You know, this is right on both shoulders. This is right saying you should pers- you, you should have them prosecuted. This is right saying show her mercy. That's not the devil and an angel in, in each ear. That's an angel in both ears. Telling him, here's how you ought to handle it. This is how you ought to do these things. And so, compassion tells him, Joseph, you know, a private divorce, just put her away, dismiss her quietly. You know, just that way, you, you've kind of honored the law by divorcing her. You've kind of been compassionate by not doing it publicly. And Joseph's in the middle of that dilemma. When we read the next verse. And the next verse, verse 20, says, While he thought on those things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, 
Thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Notice those words while he thought on those things. Joseph did what he ought to do, what we ought to do when dealing with those kind of situations. He gets along and he thinks on those things. He talks to God about it. He's considered, how should I handle this? We've already read that he's a just man. And because he's a godly just man, he's, he's trying to find the, the exact right thing to do. The thing that would honor God. He's looking for the, the situation, how, how to deal with this. And in the middle of that, God dispatches another angel. He sends his angel to talk with Joseph. And this angel uh, says five words that changes everything. You know what those five words were? It is of the Holy Ghost. Six words. It is of the Holy Ghost. Changes everything. Don't you think? Mary already knew this. If you remember, Mary's already been told. The Holy Spirit will come on you and you will conceive. Gabriel told her, we know this. God knows this. All of heaven knows this. <laughs> Poor Joseph, he's been twisting in the wind. He's just now finding out all this. Matthew lets us know that. And he gives us here, uh, you know, God gives Joseph this for a couple of reasons. He wants to give assurance and comfort to Joseph. He calls Joseph uh, the son of David. Um, and so uh, he's giving some comfort. He's giving some guidance. Joseph, here's what's going on. Here's how to handle it. I'm going to explain the situation. Yeah, I'm sure one of the questions Joseph has asked at least a thousand times. How did I get myself in this mess? How did I get myself in this mess? And the angel comes and says, listen, Joseph, this is all part of God's plan. This is all part of how God wants to work. And so then we come to the final few verses in verse 21, when he says, and she shall bring forth a son, Excuse me. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For, the, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall, be, uh, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had hidden, uh, had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Look carefully at how Matthew writes his story, how Matthew tells this. Again, we have no recorded words of Joseph. Nothing. We, have, we don't have Joseph saying, but wait a minute, you know, Wait a minute, how's this going to work? Nowhere in the whole Bible. All that we have 
of Joseph is what is said here in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. That's pretty much it. Matthew doesn't take us to Bethlehem. Matthew doesn't tell us about shepherds or wise men or a manger or a star. Now, he doesn't give us any of those things. He doesn't talk about Mary's labor and delivery. Matthew gives us Joseph's side of the story. He tells us how Joseph felt. And again, verse 18 introduces us to the situation. She is with child. And then the rest of this passage focuses on Joseph and the conception and the birth of Christ. How Joseph saw it and the mess that he was in. Joseph has been called by many biblical writers, quiet Joseph. Silent Joseph might be a better term. Quiet Joseph never speaks, never speaks, never a word. I don't know about you, but I find that a little curious, don't you? That the earthly father of our Savior, we never have a recorded word at all. Y'all look at me like that's normal. I don't think so. That, that's odd. We don't have any record of anything he said. But, how many of you are familiar with the statement, actions speak louder than words? You heard that statement? And as I told you earlier, give me a minute. I'm going somewhere. I got a point. I got somewhere I'm headed with all of this story. I want you to understand the dilemma. I want you to understand how miserable Joseph had to be. Torn between his law and his God and his wife. Torn between obedience to a law that had been indoctrinated into him since the day he was born. And a wife that he has been engaged to practically his entire life, now he is betrothed to, called her husband, she is called his wife, torn between that. Now he's got an angel coming along and telling him this, this, let's be honest. Far-fetched story. I'm trying to be sacrilegious. I'm just telling you. You know, I know we sit here at Christmas and go, oh, isn't that just a sweet story? You think it's a wonderful, sweet story because you were in Joseph's shoes. But look what it says. Doesn't say a word. But actions speak louder than words. Look in verse 19. Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. 
saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. If there was ever a point in Joseph's life where he was going to slip up his hand, and said, I got a question. You remember what happened when the angel spoke to Zechariah? Talked about this two weeks ago. You remember what happened? Zechariah said, How is this possible? You remember his blunder. I'm old and my wife, she's really old. What he said. It may not be the King James Version. That's what he said. I'm old. My wife. She is way over the hill. Mary, when the angel spoke to Mary, as we looked at that last week, do you remember what happened? Mary wasn't doubting. She just wanted some more information. But when the angel told Mary this story, you remember what happened? Mary says, How is this going to happen? Zachariah, question of doubt. Out of what? You've got to be kidding. I'm too old for this mess. Mary, oh, I believe you, but I would like to know how it's going to happen. Joseph, when the angel gets done speaking, does Joseph raise his hand and say, I got a question. Zachariah did. Mary did. Let's be honest. You would. Some of y'all are sitting here looking at me all holy and everything. You telling me if an angel showed up and told you your wife was pregnant and she would, you know, it was going to be a child of God and it was okay, go ahead and marry her. Somewhere in there you wouldn't have said, I got a question. Look what Joseph does. Then Joseph being raised from the sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The difference in Joseph's story and Zacharias, the difference in Joseph's story and Mary's, the difference in Joseph's stories and most of ours, is when God spoke, Joseph got up and did what he had been told. I've shared with you before, one of my favorite passages of Scripture is in the book of Genesis, when God comes to Abraham. He says, I want you to take your son, and I want you to go up on the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice your son. And the next passage we read is the Bible says, and Abraham rose up early and went to the place which God had showed him. I'd have slept in that morning. I'd have been late to that appointment. 
So here is the point this morning that I want you to deal with. And, and nobody can answer this. And nobody can deal with this but you. As you consider the story of Joseph, as you consider what we've talked about with Zechariah, how Zechariah says, wait a minute, God, I'm old, my wife's really old. As Mary says, how's this going to be? And Joseph, when he hears this story, rises up and does. Notice what it says again. Look at it carefully. He rose up and did as the Lord had bidden him. And then it's very careful to tell us some of the details. Took her as his wife, just like he was told to do. Didn't touch her till after he was born, just like he was, and named him Jesus, just like he was told to do. And so here's the question, and I'm done. When, if ever, can you say, I did what God told me to do? I can tell you, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I was where God wanted me to be, doing what God wanted me to do, when God wanted me to do it. See, some of us are like Jonah. We eventually get there, just not when God wants it done. He has to bounce us around a little bit to get us there. John ended up going where, where he was told to go, but only after spending a few days in the belly of the great fish. Any of you got kids? You know what I'm talking about. Clean your room. Okay, you're going there an hour later. I told you to clean your room. Oh, I'm going to... When is the last time we did what God told us to do? When he told us to do it. And I assure you, God has never asked anybody in this room, given anybody in this room an assignment that even remotely compares to Joseph. He gives us little simple assignments. Go next door and speak to your neighbor. Give them a helping hand. Show a little compassion. Show a little mercy. When is the last time we were where God told us to be? Doing what God told us to do. I want to ask you to bow your head this morning. <coughs> Some of you this morning, somebody in this room, somebody joining us online, you're not in a situation like Joseph, but you're in a dilemma. God has been speaking to you. God has been impressing on you. God has been stirring your heart, trying to get you to be obedient, to listen to Him. And you've been putting it off. You've been trying, you've been trying to figure out a way to get out of it. Why don't you do like Joseph and just simply get up and go do what He told you to do?
Somebody in this room this morning, somebody joining us online, maybe God's been dealing with your heart saying you need to be saved. You need to ask Christ into your heart. You've been putting it off, waiting for another time, another day, another place. You've been embarrassed. Couldn't be as embarrassing as Joseph. Joseph got up and did what the angel told him to do. This morning you need to come to this altar. You need to kneel. You just say, Lord, I know you've been dealing with my heart. I've been putting it off maybe for years. But today I'm going to do, I'm going to commit to do, to be what you've told me to do. I'm going to ask Christ in my heart. Whatever it is, would you get up today and do what God is bidding you to do. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you for this man named Joseph. Never do we hear a word, but God has shown us a great example of doing what you told him to do. God, I pray this morning that in this room there are people Joining us online, in this room, there are people who have been putting you off, who have been ignoring you. And God, today, you're going to commit to do what you've told me to do. Maybe as simple as go next door. Forgive somebody who wronged you many years ago. Show mercy. Whatever it is. God, let us be like Joseph. Let us rise up and do what you've asked us to do. God, there's one here today that doesn't know Christ. You're dealing with their heart. God, you're, you're stirring them. They need to come to know Jesus. God, would you let today be the day. God, if the Holy Spirit is able to break through and they see their need and they ask Jesus into their life. God, I pray today that this will be a great day of breakthrough of movement of your spirit in our life. Which is Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we stand.
uh, we'll be traveling and different things, and so uh, we will see you uh, New Year's Day, I guess, um, and uh, we'll see you for, for next year. Um, so uh, be careful. Remember our schedule again, uh, Friday night and Sunday, the Christmas Eve service uh, coming up this week. All right, let's bow as we get this together. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Uh, God, thank you for the privilege again to stand and claim your word. Uh, go with us as we leave here. Let's be as, uh, as, as usable uh, as shows that we're willing to do uh, what you've asked us to do. We give the honor for all, which is Jesus' name I pray. As you go out the door this morning, uh, the uh, Sunshine Club, well, some of them will be back there. Uh, they have uh, a little gift for you, uh, so make sure you swing by and pick that up. Thank you.